Welcome to the Profitable Happiness Podcast, where we interview highly successful workplace wellness executives, experts, and entrepreneurs, and learn how they have found success where happiness meets business profitability. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Pillay with the Profitable Happiness Podcast, and it's my pleasure to introduce you to Richard Matthews. Now, Richard has an amazing story. This is a gentleman who, along with his company, his business, and his family, has basically gone on to an RV. They've basically purchased an RV, and over the past two years, they have run their business, which has achieved multiple six figures, completely on the road. (laughs) So, Richard, you're going to tell us, first of all, how you've done this thing that makes you happy and how that has produced profitable happiness and profit in your business. But first of all, Richard, how are you and where are you right now? (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you for having me on. Really glad to be here today. We are in Las Vegas, Nevada. We're actually, this last day we're here, I was trying to pick up some family members that are going to be traveling with us for the next couple of months, and we're on our way just straight east. We're going, you know, through uh, St. George and uh, uh, Denver and St. Louis, um, all the way over to Maryland. So, we, you know, we get to enjoy some cold weather wow. <laughs> over that, the next couple of months. That That is amazing. And another thing I should note is that, you know, behind you there is, it looks like you could be anywhere in the world, but you're actually inside your RV right now, aren't you? Absolutely, in the RV. You want me to take two seconds and, and show your show your audience our, our fake yeah, studio yeah. setup here? For yeah, those yeah. Who are so, on so video, this is, for this those is on a, video, uh, a, a backdrop in the RV. I've got wow. my uh, my studio light set up, and the camera here is my my fancy you know camera we do for you know our hiking and other places we go. I've just got it mounted to a little ceiling light and hooked up as a, a webcam with a, a a cam link thing. And there, hopefully, I can uh, get my face back and and thing. But yeah, it's a um, I run my podcast from this little mini studio as well. We do a video podcast, and I have we have guests on, and this is my my setup in our RV. Wow, it, it looks great, looks very professional. And boy, talk about a location free lifestyle. I really Absolutely. I really think you you, you know, you, you gotta tell us how you got on this path because you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners, obviously we, we start with the dream of freedom and, and time and, and happiness and all these things, but rarely do people really achieve it, I think, like you have. What put you on the trajectory? Any defining moments that got you started on this path? Yeah, so the, it's actually, it's, it's a long story. I'll see if I can get the highlights for you here, but it started out um, when I was about, I can't remember if I was like nine or 10 or 11 years old, somewhere around then. My dad come home, so, comes home from work one day and he puts a copy of the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book in my hands. One of his coworkers had given it to him. Um, and he wasn't really particularly interested in it, but he was like, you, you know, you'd be interested in this. You'd read this. Um, so he gave it to me and I, uh, I spent the evening, um, read the whole book in one night and then read it again the next day and then read it again the day after that. Wow. Um, and then probably read it about four more times over the course, <laughs> the course of the first <laughs> week. Um, cause I was, it just, it blew my mind. Um, the idea that you could control money, right. That you can control money and, um, that you could control people's, purchasing with buying psychology and like the more I got into um, marketing and business development leadership I've I've been uh, fascinated by the ability to use words to change people's lives Um, that um, and it's something that I've been sort of stuck in since I've been a kid 
Um, and I went on into high school and started my first business where I was, uh, um, I was, um, I convinced my dad to give me a loan for 50 bucks, um, and, uh, went down to the local big box store and bought all the big candy bars, right? You know, the, you know, the big ones they, they didn't have in the, uh, um, at the, the school, um, and those big long nerd ropes and other things. And, you know, I was the, uh, the kid with the proverbial trench coat, like showing people my wares, yeah. right? It was, you know, just my, the candy in the backpack. And I was selling candy at two bucks a pop instead of, you know, for the, the good stuff. And, uh, um, sold about $1,500 worth of candy, um, on campus in about six weeks before, um, you know, the, the powers that be shut me down. Cause I have to have a business license to uh, sell on campus. Yeah. So I tell people I had my first government shutdown at 13. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's sort of where my path started. And, um, I remember very clearly, like the first lesson I learned in business with that was like, I, I spent $50 on candy and then I made a hundred dollars in like in sales mm-hmm. and, um, I had to pay my dad back the loan. So like paid him $50 and then I had to restock my inventory. So I had to spend $50 on candy again. And I remember thinking to myself, what, what just happened? Like <laughs> I made a hundred dollars and I have $0 to show for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I made nothing, yeah. but I was at break even, um, and learned, had my first lessons on profit margin and, um, and, and, uh, that kind of stuff. And just like learning what those things meant at 13, which was really cool. Um, and so, you know, fast forward a number of years, one of the things that I was just absolutely in love with was, um, the adventures and the life that, um, whenever my dad was not at work, we had a lot of fun. Like we went hiking and camping and fishing and, you know, all sorts of things that my dad and I did. Um, and my brother and my family and everything, we, we were always adventuring, but he had to work full time, right? Mm. So he worked, um, you know, 60 hours a week and um, did some really cool scientific stuff. He actually worked on the uh, Star Wars program, you know, and the, you know, the Voyager um, satellite that went out into space. He actually worked on that, uh, that wow. project for, uh, yeah. for Northrop Grumman and TRW back in the day. Um, worked on one of the Challenger spacecraft shuttles. Um, but anyways, he did cool, cool stuff. So we worked really hard and the thing that I remember very clearly as a kid was I wanted more of my dad than I got. Right. So I had a really cool childhood and he was really great. Um, and he still is, he's, you know, um, one of the key figures of my life, but I wanted more of him than I got. And when I got, you know, you know, skipping past a number of businesses, when I got married and had my own children, one of my first commitments that I made to my wife was like, I want to be home every day at lunch for my children. Wow. Right. Um, and not, not, and it was lunch particularly, right? Because there's a lot of dads who, you know, can go in late and have breakfast with their kids or come home and have dinner with their kids. I particularly wanted to have the freedom to have lunch with my kids every day. And I'm proud to say that now my son, my oldest son is 10 years old and I have, um, he, he can count on one hand the number of times I've missed lunch with him. Wow. Um, and so that's, you know, it's really cool for me. But part of that was like, all of my business decisions and growing the type of business that I want have always come back to sort of that canon, that measure of, is this going to allow me to have more or less lunches with my family? Mm. Um, and so I started and stopped and moved businesses around a number of times over the last decade, decade and a half to make sure that my life allowed me to have the time freedom to spend with my family. Um, and a number of years ago, I w- um, my wife and I were talking, it's like, how, how can we take this to the next level and actually add location freedom on top of time freedom? Mm-hmm. Um, and so my, uh, what do you call it? Your, the, the business name behind your business, right? Like I have my public facing business names, but my business name, like my, um, is five freedoms. Ah. And, 
Um, so we talk, um, uh, I talk regularly with my clients on other things about what the five freedoms are. Um, and the five freedoms are, um, are spiritual freedom, political freedom, financial freedom, time freedom, and location freedom. And so we, we enjoy political freedom being here in the United States, meaning we can do what we want without risk of, uh, mm -hmm. of, um, you know, government intervention, like as long as we're, you know, not um, getting into people, other people's rights, spiritual freedom um, yeah. comes from, you know, relationship with Jesus Christ, that kind of stuff. And then um, most people stop at the third one, which is financial freedom. And they think mm. that that freedom comes when you have enough money to where, where money is not a, a limiting factor in the decisions you make. Yeah. Um, and what I found is that most people, um, the feeling of freedom comes more from the location freedom, which is, you know, you can go where you want when you want and time freedom, which is being able to choose what you want to do with your time. Mm -hmm. And when you have those two, the amount of money it takes to feel really free is not that much. And I, I discovered this on my, uh, my growth trajectory in our business. We hit about 65, 70 K a year in revenue a number of years back. And I realized I was like, that's all I need. Like yeah. I have everything <laughs> I want, right? Um, I've got, got all the things I want to do, all the things I want to do with my kids, travel where we want to go. Um, and, but it was the location freedom and the time freedom that really changed everything for me. And we've since grown our business significantly more than that, but realized that like the, the revenue number was not the magic thing that led to the happiness. It was adding, adding in the time freedom and the location freedom and having enough money that you weren't struggling. Right. Yeah. Um, and you have a lot of, a lot of the freedom that goes with that. So, um, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a long time coming, right? I've been working on business since I was 13. I'm 34 now. So, I mean, I don't even know. That's a lot of years. Um, <laughs> um, and, and it's, uh, you know, it's been really fascinating and that's, that's where we're at now. Yeah. No, no, that, what a fascinating story of becoming, you know, you, you, you say, and you've shared with me um, that you tell people publicly that you've helped your clients sell millions of dollars online. So you're not talking about yeah. small small ticket work here. This is big ticket work. And you know, a lot of the people who might be listening to this might wonder, how do you do that with your dispersed team? You know, you're, you're leading a team. Everybody's geographically disparate. Um, you know, how do you guys communicate? What would you share about how you make a team run <laughs> when you're out in your RV and everybody else is all over the country? How does that work for you? I'm sure uh, a lot of people have to do yeah, so corporations. So we've, um, I, I was a solopreneur for a number of years, right? For the first like nine years of my business, um, it was just me. And um, I was working with, uh, you know, big brand clients and helping them go from nowhere to, you know, six, seven figures a year online with coaching sales and other things. I got a couple of clients and we've made number one in their space, which is fun. Um, but at the end of this last year, um, I had a, uh, you know, a, a come to Jesus moment with one of my mastermind um, people that was like, your business is stuck. And the reason your business is stuck is because you're your own bottleneck. You know what? I, right? I just want to highlight and something there. I'm sure most people know what a come to Jesus meeting is, but for <laughs> anyone who doesn't, <laughs> it's a tough meeting <laughs> where you get together and you share the truth, whether people are happy or not about it. Right. So yeah, just, whether they're happy or not. So I had, I had one of my business mentors essentially um, was telling me like, Hey, you're here. And if you, if you, if you're happy there, that's fine. But if you feel like you're stuck, you want to move forward. There's some things you need to do. And the first thing you need to do is you need to stop being your own damn bottleneck. Right. Ooh. So, um, and so he challenged me. He was like, you need to, you need to hire. And I had a couple of people there in mastermind that all, all sort of like, yeah, that's sort of your next step is you need to start bringing on a team. Um, and there was a couple of things that I know I needed to do. I needed to increase the amount of, 
um, what do you call it, increase the time, um, the decrease the amount of time it was taking me to deliver by having a team mm-hmm. um, by keeping, while well, keeping the quality level that we were working at the same. Um, and that was going to require having more resources available and leveraging, um, leveraging hours, leveraging time. And um, so my goal over the last year has been to bring people on and do a couple of things. The first one, um, and this is something that I am incredibly passionate about, is to help everyone on my team to be working at their highest and best. Mm. Right. So um, we spend an inordinate amount of time um, building workflows and systems and processes where um, everything that we do or, or that one of my staff members would do for a particular project um, is the, the only work that they're doing is the work that only they can do, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yep. So, I mean, we're talking all the way down to like, we have like a workflow set out in Trello for one of the projects that we work on. And every step of the process is like, hey, this person's in charge of these things. Um, and when they're done with it, they move it over to the next thing. It automatically does things like reassigns it to the next person, moves all the files to the right place. There's a whole bunch of automation that goes into every step of all of our workflows mm-hmm. so that even if it's only 10 minutes of extra time that my staff's not doing things that like they don't need to be doing, we spend an inordinate amount, an amount of time making sure that our, my staff is doing their best stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't have to spend time doing stuff that's, that's not useful, right? Yep. Um, so that's the first thing that has been really, really helpful in making our team um, be really happy. I actually got uh, this at the end of this year. Um, we had our, our our first anniversary for my first employee, and he sent me a note. It's actually, it was about this long, mm-hmm. and ha- about half of it was just the word "thank you" over and over and over again, um, which was really cool for me because he was like, "I have never worked for someone who has." such a dedication to making sure that I'm enjoying the work that I do. And it's really using my skills the way that we are. And, um, he's really enjoyed that. Um, so that's been, uh, um, the first one. And the second part has really just been making sure as we brought more people on, we're up to three staff members now and myself, we've got a small team. It's only four people. Um, and has been, um, learning how to create friendships that go beyond work. Um, and, uh, and how you build that with a dispersed team, mm-hmm. right? Um, because there's myself and we've got our team in a couple of different countries um, and we communicate and work on things, but I wanted them to not just be like task doers, if that makes sense, where, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you're outsourcing stuff to staff, um, but more like, hey, we're a team that's working towards a common vision. So I have um, a number of things that have sort of gone into that. One mm-hmm. of them has been um, making sure that my staff understands what my mission is like what our goal is as a company and why we do what we do and really diving in and making sure they understand like, Hey, the work that we do has a tremendous ripple effect on our clients and their clients and the type of stuff. So like every time you show up and you do good work for our clients, um, you're affecting hundreds, if not thousands of lives in a positive way, um, which is really, really cool. Um, so there's that we get buy into the mission. And then the second part is actually just like making sure that we're communicating and talking about more than just work. So um, we use Slack as our sort of our communication hub. Mm-hmm. And so we have our work channel where everyone sort of communicates on the thing that's going on, but we have a couple of other channels as well that are more outside of work related. Like we call it, you know, it's like the water cooler, right? At work where you get together around the water cooler and chit chat about your kids and your family and other things. So we have, we have a weekend channel and, you know, we post the things that like, you know, I'm traveling. So we, I post pictures of the places we're at and where we're going and what my kids are up to. And like my mm-hmm. staff members do the same thing. 
you know, I got a bunch of pictures from one of my, uh, one of my guys there, uh, his, his daughter had a, her fourth, fourth birthday this last weekend. And we got pictures of all their unicorn stuff. And, you know, we got to chat and communicate a lot because my four-year-old daughter's in love with unicorns as much as his daughter is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so getting to know each other a bit more than just like, Hey, here's the work I have for you to you do. You do the work I pay you the end. Right. Um, and actually creating deeper relationships with, um, with all of my staff, but then, then with between themselves as well. Um, and they've gotten to the point now, like they, they've told me, like they communicate offline, right? And they, they have, they've exchanged sale numbers and they talk to each other and they have, they have friendship that goes beyond just the workplace, which is cool. And then it's sort of what I, I wanted to see out of um, the people because like, I'm not looking to hire someone and, um, and just use them for their work. I want to actually create like a place where they can come and really um, enjoy their life and we can help them hit their goals as well. Yeah. Right. You know, it's like, you know, and like I, I, I've got some things that I'm considering doing. Um, I've already done a couple of these, like actually sitting down with them, like, where are you now? Where do you want to be? Like, what's the, what are your life goals and how can we help you get hit those things? Um, and just sort of making that a regular part of our work, because I really want, if I'm going to build a staff, right, I'm, I'm going to, I want to have to be a, a place where they love to work and they love to do the things that they're doing. Um, so that's really the two big ones. It's been communication and understanding the mission. Um, and it's just, you know, trying to figure out how to use technology to make that a, a reality. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we use Zoom and hop on calls occasionally. And, you know, to your point, we've been talking a little bit about adding po possibly a uh, podcast mm -hmm. internally yeah. to uh, talk about that. So. Yeah, let, let's, actually, let's actually talk a little bit about what you do now. And, and the podcasting is part of it. But before I... Before I share a question I have about that, I just want to actually put a plug for one of your employees, the one who reached out to me and helped us set up this conversation. This was a, a, just an amazing gentleman. His research that he did prior to, to making this podcast that we're doing right now work, the, the oh way he positioned you and positioned me, I mean... I was I was I was shocked. It was so detailed and so well done. I think I gave him a compliment about that, but I think that that just goes right back to what you're you're saying about you. You obviously know your your people beyond just the tasks that they're doing, and that right there is a key to managing a team, no matter where they are in the world. So, so thank you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's been you know like I, one of our our employees uh, um, is over in the Philippines, and they just they live right next to the volcano that erupted. Um, and so like, that was, that was like, we had a rough, stressful week. The whole team was like, you know, how are you? Are you safe? You know, is your, how's your family doing? And like, she was wonderful because she's like, her house was up on a hill. Um, so like she was bringing evacuees up and, and like feeding them and like taking extra clothes down to the evacuation oh center and stuff like that. So, um, but anyways, it's, uh, it's really, um, it's interesting when you have, um, have people and, you know, I don't, I don't know how this goes in, but it's something that I like, I, it's just a, a mentality I try to keep is that like, you can't, you can't fake caring, yeah. right? You have to actually care about your people. Yeah. Um, and um, when you do, that comes back in reciprocity in absolutely. the work and the things that they do um, and being a part of the team. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. So now let's talk a little bit about what you do today, you know, whom you serve, um, you know, one of the things that you list in addition to be to being, you know, a marketing and technology expert is a business growth uh, expert. Um, and, and specifically, let's talk about 
podcasting and how you may be thinking of using that. I know we kind of mentioned before we got started here that internal podcasting in bigger companies is, I think, something that's coming in the future where human resources or learning and development teams might put out a podcast internally that helps to shape the culture of that organization. But see if you can weave all that in in your answer. I know it's (laughs) a big question here. So what do you do today? (laughs) So I've got, I've got, two things that I do today. One of them is what I used to do and one of them is my future, right? Okay. So what uh-huh. I have been what I have been doing over the past, you know, um, number of years is I've been working with expert brands yeah. to help them build their brand and build their products and build their services. Um, and we've done a really, really good job with that everything from helping them build their courses, build their webinars, build their whole things. And um, what, um, what we've done is we really help people build and develop their systems and processes and build all the things in and to make all that stuff a reality. Um, and then like turn into a machine that's actually working and running for them. Um, and that's actually the part of my business that I'm working on spinning down right now. Um, and we're working on spinning up a, a service called push button podcasts. Um, and the reason for that is because I realized, um, at, uh, uh, you know, go back to mastermind. The uh, second mastermind had my, my, my next, uh, come to Jesus moment for, for my <laughs> business. We go every year and, and, um, and really, you know, hammer on our business to see where we're going. Um, realized that my zone of genius, um, is really in building the systems and processes around, um, around the things that need to happen in your business. Um, and that was what really what was enabling doing a really good work for the brand building stuff. Mm-hmm. And over the last year, my podcast, The Hero Show, um, I had, the, it was a podcast that I've been, I, you know, sort of ha- sitting in the wings for years, um, recorded about eight episodes a number of years ago, and it just died on the vine because of how much work goes into producing a podcast after you yeah. hit that stop record button, right? And you know, you yeah. run your podcast, like yeah. you record 30 minutes of content or an hour of content, you've created yourself a nice eight to 10 hours worth of work and editing yeah. and production and writing and, you know, distribution and, and announcements and all those things. Um, and I realized that um, if I was ever going to get my podcast off the ground, I needed to actually like build a system around getting that to happen mm-hmm. um, because I was never going to do it, right? I just sucked at it, like sucked at the actual implementation. So um, we built a whole process for my company to build that. And then over the last year, we've recorded 67 episodes on our podcast and I don't do anything for it. Like I literally nothing for my podcast. I, um, I've got the whole process in place for researching and finding and booking the guests um, I show up live to do the interviews with the guests and then I hit the stop record button and that's the end. I hit stop record. Everything else happens automatically. It uploads, all the files get organized. My staff takes over and does the video editing and it moves through and gets transcriptions, gets all the written work done, all the graphic work done, all the distribution done, all the publication done, all the announcements done. Everything happens on autopilot as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And um, Push Button Podcasts was an outgrowth of that um, because I showed a couple of our um are my business associates, what we were working on. And they were like, can we have it please? <laughs> like, please <laughs> let us, <laughs> please let us pay you to do that for our podcasts. And um, what I've realized is, um, so we, we turned it into a service and um, got my first couple of clients in that space. And the, our ideal clients there, the ones that we're working with are the ones who are using podcasts as an adjunct to a business, right? Mm-hmm. As a, as a communication tool and a business development tool for their business. So you got a couple of different types of podcasts. You got the ones that are like video podcasts on, on YouTube or on, you know, on iTunes, stuff like that, that are, um, they are a business in and, in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. So like John Lee Dumas an entrepreneur on fire comes to mind, or like if you look in the political space, like, uh, 
Daily Wire comes to mind, like it's a business in and of itself, right? And mm-hmm. they're selling advertising and sponsorships and the podcast is the business. And that's not really our market. Our market is the, you know, the person like myself or like you or, you know, a local chiropractor or something who might be building a podcast as a way to promote or to build expertise or build fame for their, their business that drives the revenue. Yep. Right. If that makes sense. So that's sort of our, our person and we help them build a weekly show and do all of the work for them so that literally the only thing that they have to do is show up and provide their expertise. Yep. Right. Um, and we turn it into, that's why we call it push button podcast. Cause like mm-hmm. you push the button to start record, push the stop button and it's done and they're out of the game and we take everything over for them. So that's, that's the sort of like the future growth of our company. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what we do with podcasts. Um, so hopefully that answers the question yeah. for well, like what we're, what we're doing and who we're doing it for. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and we were talking earlier about how we, we both kind of get the value of helping other people build podcasts. And one mm-hmm. of the opportunities um, I think in this space is the internal podcasts that people could use to shape culture. Yeah learning inside these bigger companies. So I wonder if you're going to jump into that too. Someday, so huh? <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't know if we'll jump into like providing it as a service, but it's something yeah. that I've been, I've been considering for our own company mm. um, is like, you know, it, my, our goal is to run push button podcasts up to 40 clients in the next six months and hundred clients in the next year, which is going to require building a staff, probably my, my guesstimates and who knows how this is going to actually shake out when we, as we build. Um, about 30 to 40 staff members. Yep. Um, and having a staff that large means I'm going to have to change a bit about how we do the communication from my position, you know, down into the rest of the staff. Yeah. Right now it's very like, I've only got three other people. It's really easy to communicate, you know, to have three relationships and talk through those things and, and move forward. But when we got 40 of them, it's a, it's a very different Absolutely. Um, ball game. So um, I said, actually it was a recommendation of a friend of mine um, mm-hmm. talked about running an internal podcast and, um, doing a couple of things on that podcast on a weekly basis where it's like, hey, here's where we're at. Here's where we're going, right? Like just providing the continual vision and the uh, reminder of like our mission and the work and the value that they bring to the team, yep. right? Um, for the work that they do. But then also, um, you know, a reminder of our culture and the work that we do and why we do it. And, you know, so, you know, specifics, but also like the big, the bigger vision um, yep. and just making sure that you're regularly bringing it and communicating it to the team on like a systematic basis. So it's not something that like just happens every once in a while. And occasionally you show in a whirlwind and make sure your team is doing everything right. But you're regularly a part of the heartbeat of your culture. Yeah. Um, That's such a powerful thing to always sort of be in touch on, on that cultural level. But so you talked earlier about something that I want to make sure we hit, which is the idea of how happiness has been profitable for you. You know, we've yeah. talked about we've talked about profitable happiness in in the workplace and of course you are your own workplace in, in your RV as you travel travel the country. But tell us about how you discovered that not having a routine and have, being in a creative happy space really has produced the 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 quadruple uh return on investment that you've seen over the past few years. <laughs> yeah, so um when we, when we moved onto the road, um, two and a half years ago, um, my business wasn't, it wasn't thriving. It wasn't exactly struggling. Yeah. It was more like, it was like mediocre. Yeah. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. It was just where I was at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, when my wife and I decided we were going to get on the road, um, part of the decision was like, had we'd gotten to a point where like, you know, the technology allowed us to move and we could get all these things in place and we could, and I was like, we had been practicing like for about a year 
yeah. where I was like, we would go and like work at Balboa Park or work at the beach and, you know, see if I could like, you know, work in remote locations and still do those things. And there's, there's a couple of things that have happened over the course of the last couple of years that I think are really fascinating and just worth discussing, discussing, but I don't, I don't actually know how, like, how, uh, concrete any of this is so it's all just theories in my head so i'll just okay. let you know what they are and we can you know yeah. see how they go yeah but the uh the the first one is um moved on the road and um over the past two and a half years i've qu- i quadrupled my revenue in the first year um and we're on a growth trajectory now that um if if we hit all of our numbers over this year we'll 10x our business this year um which is insane um but a lot of that has um, a lot of that has happened because of the creative mind space that I've been in. Yeah. Um, and it changes a lot because when, when we were at home, like living in what on, you know, our, us, our viewers call them sticks and bricks houses, right? Mm-hmm. When we were in our sticks and bricks, yep. um, we had a routine that we followed like every week. And, you know, I could tell you on Wednesday night at six o'clock, we're at my mom's house for dinner Tuesday morning at, you know, um, at 11 AM, we were at my son's gym class. Right. And like, you know, you could just go hour by hour through our whole week. It looked the same. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, on, uh, on taco Tuesdays, we were at, uh, at El Gordito's having their tacos for lunch with my, my family. Right. It was like, we knew what we were eating. We knew who we were seeing. We knew what we were doing every week. I had my office hours that I was doing at home. Um, and then like Saturday was our adventure day and we'd go and we'd go do something fun. Right. We'd go kayaking and, um, you know, at the, the, wherever, wherever it was, we'd go hiking or we'd go do something fun on Saturdays. Um, but it meant that mentally, you're in a very like concrete routine. And I, I would imagine that most people can really relate to that, mm-hmm. right? Where you, like your life is probably like that, where you have, you pretty much know what you're doing tomorrow and who you're yes. doing it with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And that's the way most people are. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. It was just, and it wasn't something I was intending to change. Um, but when we got on the road, um, that changes a lot, right? Because you're always, you know, every couple of weeks we're in a new town, right? Which mm-hmm. means we're trying out new restaurants and we're meeting new people. And we're, you know, when we have our, our adventure days, we have more adventure days now than we did before. But when we go out on adventures with the kids and whatnot, they're in different places and, you know, and, and new stuff that we've ever, never done before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it radically changes your mind space um, in, in, in terms of like, when you sit down to actually do your work, you are, you're in a more creative space. At least that's one of what I've noticed. And the other thing that I've noticed is that it makes you very, very motivated to get things done. So I remember sitting in my office at home and thinking to myself, like, I know exactly what my schedule is. So if like I have this thing to get done, I'm like, I know I've got my eight hours of, you know, work today and tomorrow and Saturday. And like, oh, if I get this done the next two, two weeks, we're good. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you procrastinate, you do things, you, whatever, whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't always have a lot of motivation. Mm-hmm. Now, Imagine yourself parked at the entrance of Zion National Park, <laughs> right, <laughs> this week, and you're only here for a couple of days, yeah. and you're like, I have, I have this work that needs to get done before I can go play. Um, so you get it done, and you get it done fast, and you get it done well, because you have adventures you want to go have, right? Yeah. You have people you want to go meet, places you want to go do. So it's made me more productive. It's made me more, um, more creative. It's made me, uh, like I said, it, it, I think the results speak for themselves, right? I've forexed yep. my business in, a, in the first year and we're working on doing a lot more this year. Um, so it's been a really interesting, um, like, ex, you know, experiment with life in yeah. terms of like, what happens if you, what happens if you just throw out the routine, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and, and change, change how that goes. So like, I don't, 
I don't know that that's it would work the same way for everyone. Yeah, but it certainly worked that way for me. Yeah, um, and 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 look, everyone has to figure out their balance of life and play. All right, or, yeah. or sorry, work and play in life, uh, because that balance is important. And I think you are a living example of what happens when you decide to be happy and you choose yeah. to to just follow your creative impulses and surround yourself with the things that make you happy. It's just a powerful place to be. I know I'm there too, by the way, um, because <laughs> it took me years. It took me years to finally, I like to call it surrender to mm-hmm. the, the fact that music has got to be a part of what I do for work. Um, yeah. For years, I ran away from that. But now I finally found the connection. In fact, my upcoming book is called The Seven Songs of a Successful Team. I have fully integrated music into what I teach, what I yeah, do. Yeah. And so you've d- you found yeah. the thing that makes you happy, right? Yeah, like uh, you, I've found that happy place. And from yeah. that, everything is just working out. Hey, Richard, yeah. I, you know, you and I could just chit chat all day, but I, I want to know how people can reach you um, as we wrap up here. Um, what's the best way for people to connect with you, learn more about your podcast or your business growth services uh, or other things that you offer? Yes. So my, uh, my primary website is just my name, richardmatthews.me. Um, and, uh, you can uh, find me there. Um, if you want to learn about the uh, push button podcast service, that's actually just at pushbuttonpodcast.com. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, those are the best ways to meet with me. I've got links to like literally everything, Facebook and LinkedIn and all those things. So wherever you want to reach out to me on there, all the links are on the, uh, um, richardmatthews.me site and uh, um, you know welcome to uh, I'm always open for a good conversation <laughs> all right all right well Richard I want to thank you so much for being a good good you know conversation with me here sharing one with me here and uh, we look forward to the very best for you in the new year well thank you very much appreciate it all right take care thanks for tuning in to the profitable happiness podcast For more episodes, visit drpalay.com. And remember, get happy first and success will follow.